Hello, Ernest here. First off, a special thank you to our amazing Patreon.com patrons. Tare, Erica, Stephanie, Nora, Suze, Diane, Barbara, Anna, Jenny, Jennifer, Karen, Mary, Kevin, Jill, Joe, Sarah, Kayla, Evelyn, Corinne, Kobe, Michael, Reginard, Jane, Lois, Audra, Fallon, and our forever first, Trisha. As patrons, you'll get access to our bonus episodes where Patricia, Nayland, and I talk about other things that we're interested in, like Warren stories, Next in Fashion, or Bow and Yang. This week's bonus episode is a conversation between Nalan and me about Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope. We all love talking process and we are artists and Jordan Peele's new movie really grabbed onto us in an interesting way. So join us over there on Patreon to listen to us hash out the movie, Nope. And if you're unfamiliar with Patreon.com, it's a wonderful site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. If you'd like to become a Patreon.com patron, visit our page on Patreon.com forward slash The Workroom Podcast, and the link is also in our show notes. Another way you can support the podcast is by telling your friends and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps more people find the show and join our wonderful group of Project Runway fans. All right, speaking of Project Runway... Let's get to it. Oliver? Yes. Two minutes and I'm serious. Okay. I am quite stressed and Tim's yelling. Oliver, I just have to tell you, we have less than a minute. This fabric has to be cut and in your hands and you have to be at the register. All right? It is very frustrating. That is it. Shopping time is up. Hello, all you lovely, amazing listeners. Welcome back into The Workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. I'm Ernez, and I'm sporting a Serena sparkly train and a Venus crop top tennis top kind of vibe today. (laughs) Hitting it out of the park, out of the park. And I'm Patricia, and I have only one thing to say. Everything is image. And... (sighs) When you write that on your notebook every day from now on, for the rest of your life, just make sure you dot your eyes with little pink hearts. (laughs) (laughs) On, on your, um, on your Lisa Frank trapper keeper that you, um, that's a holdover, original holdover from when you went to school went to elementary school in the 90s or you know like the the 80s or whatever um yeah no that yeah that's that's great (laughs) um hello listeners so uh it's wonderful to be back in the workroom with you all and just to remind everyone that we are on instagram at the workroom podcast we're on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the workroom we have a cheat sheet That is linked in your show notes, and I will prompt you when it's time to click on that so you can follow along with us in sort of runway order. This is a special episode because there is no runway. There's just two performances. So in performance order, um, 
and to remind everyone that we are on Patreon. Uh, we closed out Warren Stories. Um, so right now, uh, what you have on uh, on 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 Patreon is uh, our final episode with Nayland and me. But what will be coming in the coming week is a new bonus episode where we wrapped up all of Warren Stories with the Dream Three. So uh, me, Nayland, and Patricia all shared our own Warren story for a very special overview slash wrap up of the Netflix series. And, um, and this is a, another, like, you know, our Patreon, our Patreon lovelies, you will hear this on the episode, but I'm going to do this on the main feed. If you're out there and you've got a Warren story, let us know. So just drop us a line on Patreon and we'd love to hear from you and, uh, maybe talk about it on, a, on another episode. Um, and speaking of like hearing from you all, Please keep sending us your notes, anything to us at our Gmail account. That's in the workroom at Gmail. It's I in the workroom at gmail.com. And, um, and this also reminds me that I want to do a special shout out to our listener, Carrie, the Carrie monster on Instagram, who wonderfully did the deep dive that only a project runway historian is capable of doing and found a, a buried, I will say a buried interview that the dear Oliver did, our, our wonderful, uh, you know, season nine star Oliver, um, and actually confirmed for mainly Patricia and I that Oliver pronounces their name Oliver, not Olivier or, or Olivier. <laughs> Mm -hmm. thank so. you so much for doing that really really appreciate it so so grateful thank you yeah it's wonderful it, it really frees us up and so um you know kind of relieves us of making sure that we are pronouncing his name correctly so it's oliver even though there's an i in there so. yeah we really do like doing right by everybody that yeah. is on you know as much as we can is on the show yeah we try we want to be correct so so thank you, the Carrie Monster, um, and thank you to all our other listeners um, out there who are um, along for the ride. And so, yeah, so let's get into this episode. And um, we this is episode nine, Images Everything, and the designers are waking up in Atlas and definitely are not writing this every day in their Trapper Keepers because they are tired. Like, mm. they're very, very worn out. Um, I think someone asks Bert, like, Bert, what do you think we're going to do today? He's like, more torture, more torture. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, everyone is just kind of mentally out. Um, Anya makes the comment. Um, so Anya has also been talking about like how thick the air is getting with competition. And it's even tighter now that they're down to eight where she's just like, yeah, you know, everyone who's left is my friend, but mm. friends are friends until the stakes are high. So it's like, yeah, mm. you know, that's true. So the designers head to Parsons with Heidi to get a clue, not the challenge, but a clue. So Heidi comes out wearing sparkly cold shoulders <laughs> and the clue is the one thing that she has to say about the next challenge. It really is the one thing. And you've already heard it. Patricia, do you want to say it again? What's their only a clue? clue? Their, Wait, only, their clue. only clue. It's, it's your tagline. 
oh right oh thank you i was like wait their clue i yeah. think i missed this part yeah the clue was images is, is everything right yeah that's it okay yeah <laughs> So that was their clue. And right away, one person was like, oh, this must be rock. And, this must mean rock and roll. Yeah, I would I would never make that leap. I just, know. But and not even just oh, like rock and roll. He's like, yeah. are we dressing old rockers? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, God. I love how it's like this is this is Anthony Ryan saying that that Anthony Ryan is giving already giving them a weird twist. Like it's not just rockers but they're going to be older rockers and maybe they're giving them some other type of like twisty thing on top of that. Maybe it is like a, you know, a fantasy thing or a, what do you call those? Like a do over or makeover, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So Anthony's thinking this is going to be hard. It's not going to be straightforward and Mm -hmm. it isn't. And so, so Heidi sends them to meet with Tim and they arrive at a place whose name I didn't write down. I can't remember. It's probably some Please? famous bar. Oh, yeah. I didn't write it down either. With a stage. Whoops. Sorry, guys. So someone, someone out there knows. But they, they go to this bar that has a stage. Clearly, it is a place where bands perform. Um, and Tim is there with Peter Butler, who is the consulting seller for Garnier. Did you find it? You look like you found it. No. Okay, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, okay. So they end up there with Peter Butler and... So this is about image, which means it's a Garnier challenge. And Peter Butler is there to announce that he will be like collaborating with them on the looks that are going to happen for this. Tim goes on and says, you know, as you know, designers, fashion and music are linked because they're found means of personal expression. Just think about the Beatles or Lady Gaga. And Mm -hmm. no magazine cover has ever had more covers showcasing iconic style of musicians than Rolling Stones. So not only is this like a Garnier thing going on, not only is like this, like, Oh, we're we're getting more concrete ideas around what this actually is, but Rolling Stones is involved. So Rolling Stones and Garnier have partnered to feature an unsigned band on the cover Mm -hmm. chosen by popular vote. And the, all they know now is so they so they say okay the winners are the sheepdogs they emerge as the winner but we don't know who the sheepdogs are they're unsigned unless, and they're Canadian yeah but they don't know they're, they they know nothing about oh, this they band they've yet. only given them the name of the band and that they won by popular votes yes and then they the next part of the challenge is that essentially they just whoever the sheepdogs are whoever these people are. The designer's job is to take them to the next level, like create an image for them, um, keep it true to who the band is, but essentially, you know, just like give them a look. And then the the prize is that they will get a feature in Marie Claire and Rolling Stone magazine, and the winning look will be worn at a Rolling Stone event. And then the next thing is they're going to work in teams, (laughs) two teams of four, why we have no idea any more clues why there must be four people Mm -hmm. in this band maybe who knows anyway before they get any more clues as to who these people actually are tim brings out the button bag and designates the team so that so team one is oliver victor kimberly and josh and then team two is bert laura anthony and anya and you know we get to hear laura be like no i'm always with bert no you know like it seems like 
It seems like we've come a long way from that first challenge when Anthony and Laura, you know, kind of made the worst outfits ever because they were Mm -hmm. too busy, you know, being mad at Bert. Anyway. Being distracted by Bert. Yeah, being distracted by Bert. Yes. So finally, Tim introduces the sheepdogs. They come on out. And here is the real mic drop about this challenge is that they are men <laughs> this is this is a, a menswear challenge and no one has said this the they've just had to put the clues together and then visually it's you know now they're getting an idea of, of what they're truly in for and we hear kimberly who's like oh freak i get it it's a menswear challenge. I've never done this before. So they go from last last episode getting freaked out by Heidi just pulling out all of these, you know, um, like partners or like like male presenting people. And the designer's thinking, okay, here it is. Here it is. It's a it's a real person um a challenge and it's a menswear challenge. But nope, no, it becomes, you know, back to uh, we're, we're, you know, a, a very, you know, hetero thing. Um, all of the spouses or the girlfriend of them were, were women. So they kind of like had that twist, but now they're deep into it where now they're going to have to sport some menswear uh, skills. So the designers are freaking out while they're listening to them play music. So the sheep dogs are just doing like, hoo, hoo, <laughs> hoo, and they're just like, yeah, this is, this is great shit this is is okay can i just i'll bob my head but i'm screaming on the inside i'm (laughs) screaming and then um so we see uh, you know we we get a look at what how they look and then also how they sound and um and then we also get to see you know little oliver who has never been to anything other than to listen to a very soft string trio and maybe a quartet but no more than four soft strings <laughs> because it, it gets too loud after that. Like you just can't have a drum and uh, cymbals and singing. You can't have all that together for El- for Oliver. It's too loud for his ears. So, <laughs> so we get to see interspersed with the performance, the designers interviewing the band members. And, you know, like, oh, okay, what's what kind of image do you want to represent? What's your style? Uh, what are you inspired by? And, you know, we, you know, we get to like see them performing. But uh, so we have the front runner or the front singer saying, oh, you know, we're, we're inspired by classic sounds. Like, oh, you think classic sounds? I mean, they basically sound like they're straight out of the 70s. So, of course. Um, but he yeah. means like boots, jean, denim, and suede. So yeah, but it was kind of a no-brainer until you get to Sam, the drummer. <laughs> it's like it's like sounds like so. I have this thing that's at home that I usually wear on the stage. It's like a caftan or maybe a dashiki. Those things are the same, and I like wearing them, <laughs> but I don't know what they actually are. So, but I name them caftans and dashikis. So I'll describe it mainly like as a shirt with sleeves and a v-neck that's what that Mm. is anyway so so yeah so but we see that as as like the the the, um you know as they're playing everyone's kind of picking out who they want so anya's 
falling in love with Sam because Sam said daishiki and she's like oh yeah no I can I can modernize the daishiki shape and then Joshua sees someone wearing snakeskin cowboy boots and it's like oh yeah no that's my vibe <laughs> and then this another band member is named Layot um Yes. And Layat wants red jeans and Laura's like, oh yeah, I can do that. So it looks like there's not going to really be a fight for clients on this one. Um, and and it's like, okay, great. We we kind of had like the bomb dropped of like a, another team challenge and we've known that team challenges on this season have gone so terribly. But it seems like everyone is kind of spreading out and choosing the band member that they want and it doesn't seem like, you know, there, there isn't going to be like a brawl over a particular person. So when the music ends, Tim gives them more directions and says, you know, each designer will be in charge of one full head to toe look for one band member. And the, the, um, the, the huge word that we're always worried about cohesion doesn't matter here. It's mm. not the most important thing. But they must all look like they come from the same place. Like they have to look like maybe they, there has to be some cohesion, but not what you would think in terms of a collection. It's not going to be that same challenge. Right. They just have to look at from the, they are from, they are from the same planet. Yes. Yeah. So um, I was kind of hoping that some of them were, were relieved, but they're so relieved that they talk about this, I think, um, throughout the entire episode. And it seems like the producers are really trying to maybe drum up some drama. Like, hey, so did you see mm -hmm. what so-and-so is making over there? Do you care what they make? And they're like, so, you know, cohesion, Tim said, that's not really a thing. So I don't really care what anyone else is yeah. making. This seems more like an individual challenge, even though they say it's a team challenge. Uh, it feels individual. So there. I mean, I think that's got to be at least a little bit liberating. So you don't oh, yeah. feel depend dependent on dynamics you know and then be judged individually yes definitely so um so we have you know i you know tim dismissing the designer to sketch and um they have some time to sketch before they had to mood and so they were meeting with each other so team one is anya is taking sam and sam is the drummer laura is taking Liat, who is one of the guitarists Anthony Ryan is taking another client named Ryan. I think this is like the second time that Anthony mm -hmm. is, has a Ryan as a client. Uh, and I think Ryan, I don't remember what Ryan is, the other guitarist. <laughs> and then we have Bert, who who is taking the lead singer, another guitarist named mm -hmm. Ewan. Mm -hmm. And they call themselves Team Harmony. Mm -hmm. The second team is, they've titled themselves Team Untitled and they're talking themes more more or less like they've decided on a western theme maybe like a modernized western idea kimberly has decided to take sam the drummer victor is taking liat um and wants to do like a leather jacket with a print oliver is taking ewan the front runner again and joshua is taking ryan with the boot with the snake uh snake skin uh, boots mm -hmm. <laughs> he's saying western cut with chains <laughs> so <laughs> very specific um oliver um is commenting on you and he was like he has the most weight so i'm thinking of something slim because you know that's like the most important thing that's the most important i'm gonna send him down that's you know so that's like that 
was uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is going to be a real cringy episode, (laughs) y'all. Again. Again. Even more so than last week, I, I would say. Like, this one's, you know, we have, like, we have, like, Oliver coming out of his shell a little bit in not a great mm-hmm. way. So we have, we go back to Team Harmony for a little second to see what they're making. Because we mainly just see what they're, how they're choosing their their their, their, their people. So Laura's uh, making red jeans. That's a given. And Bert says something, like, that's really great. So um, Bert's going to do something sheer, like a hate ashbury type deal did you did you catch that yeah which is very san francisco to me yeah which to me is not at all what this band sounds like no this band sounds like they're influenced like southern rock not even like detroit rock like very southern yeah rock. and by the way i'm not an expert in any of this but they sound very tennessee to me oh, like interesting not, not tennessee but like places where like the Eagles made music. I don't really know where that is. Was that in California? Oh, Maybe it was. This is terrible. I want to say Chicago. <laughs> you want to say Chicago? Well, I will trust you over me because I don't know anything about this. Like, I just know. Um, I'm not against this type of music, but it's not what I listen to. Yeah. Um, um, oh, no. Chicago's from Chicago. The Eagles are from, I think they're from LA. But, it, I mean, if so if, they're, if they do but, sound like the Eagles or... They just kind of sound, they just like have a classic 70s sound to me, which could like be from all over. I kind of would say a very mainstream mid 60s to early 80s sound. Yeah. Yeah. Like very mainstream though, Mm -hmm. you know, like, which is fine. I'm not saying that in a negative way. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that's what a lot of things sounded like that were getting airplay. Yeah. Yeah. But that were, were very like, American Southern to me. Yeah, it, it sounds more like or Midwest. It's trying to sound like like they're from the South, but they're not really from the South. But um, it's sort of like uh, mainstream rock after blues. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but, but you know, in terms of a hate Ashbury thing, I'd never heard that before, and I looked it up and. It you know what came up is just scenes from what I would equate with Full House, the you know the the intro to Full House. <laughs> what what just, is the intro to Full House? Um, you know they're it's like they're they're running around on that park with um with the classic uh San Francisco type house in the backyard, them oh, and their okay. golden retriever that I that I always wanted. Um, from you know from the latter years. Anyway, but but yeah, but it's it's like that's a it's a San Francisco reference. And, um, and I'm pretty sure that's probably like, that's probably accurate. And I kind of wanted more from Bert to explain, Mm. what do you mean by that? And what time are you talking about? Is it from the seventies, from the late sixties? And, and, and what is, you know, what, what is, what, what are the details of that? Um, Mm. because so Bert feels really confident here because, you know, Bert lived through the 70s and mm-hmm. uh, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I can be your 70s consultant since no one mm-hmm. else was even like, you know, thought of in the 70s mm-hmm. here. And I'm I, I live through them. So, right. yeah. Anyway, so so they finish their caucus with one another and they go off to mood where they have 30 minutes and three hundred dollars to shop. And so we have kind of like team ups. We have pairs of 
designers who are designing for the same person. And we have Victor and Laura who are both looking for red denim because their guy said, I want denim pants, Layat. I want denim pants. I want red denim pants. So neither of them can find red denim. Apparently, mood, out of all the millions of bolts of fabric they have in the denim section, there's nothing that's red. You can find something that's pink. You can probably find something that's like shiny, and mm-hmm. but you can't find red. So Victor's like, okay, I'm going to scrap the idea of red denim. But Laura won't give up. Laura is digging in and looks for something that she can dye. And I love that too. I'm like, yes. Uh, And so while they're like kind of competing against stuff, the other drama that's happening is Anya cannot find a print that she likes and is freaking out. I wrote in my notes, I'm scared. (laughs) Even though I know of this, (laughs) I know the outcome of things, but I remember when I was watching this, Anya freaking out about a print. I was like, you're doomed. Anya, this is the end of Anya. This is it. She's gone. Because it's kind of like, you know, she's on she's on her game until she's off her game. And and I feel like she has the least amount of leeway to to deal with in terms of just like, what can she do? And prints are her thing. That's how she's standing out. So if she can't get this together, then oh my God. I was, yeah, anyway. Hmm. Um Bird is looking for three yards. Wait, no, nine yards. Wait, wait, no. No, three. A yard three. and a half. No, no, okay, three. Three yards. Yeah. <laughs> and then, wait, wait, wait. Actually, just give me a yard and a half. <laughs> like, why? Why would you pick less? Like- I don't know. And it even, like, it makes, it, it even, you know, it makes me even more worried because at the end, he ends up spending only half his budget. And giving that money over to Laura because Laura goes $150 over her budget and Bert is 150 under. And so I'm like, Bert, what did you do? I don't understand. Get three yards anyway. Um, but we also have some Oliver drama. We have some, I will say like Oliver Tim drama. So Tim is yelling at Oliver who is so slow. And we get these wonderful scenes of Oliver who's just looking full thick, corduroy and dark shades of brown or gray but i only was able to find 20 shades of beige which is actually my dream my dream house i could just live in 20 shades of beige anyway so he's just like looking at very carefully looking at everything and tim's like oliver seriously you have two minutes, Oliver. And the way Tim yells at Oliver, it's just like, it's like, oh my God, you're in trouble, Oliver. It, this is, it's, it's definitely like the parent is like scolding the child. And yeah. Tim gets real specific. You have to have your fabric cut in your hands and you have to be at the register in two minutes. All right. And I'm just like, Oliver, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. And Oliver's just like, it's just really frustrating. Tim is yelling at me. Why? What is going on? This is fucking stupid. <laughs> I know. Anyway, so yeah. I think it's revealed why throughout the episode why Tim is frustrated though. Oh yes, yes. Um, we will get there, guys. Anyway, so so we're at the, you know, we're at the the um the counter and everyone is re- getting ringed up and Laura is like $150 over budget and we have Anthony in the back going, diva, diva, diva. And Laura's like, I just like nice things. I just, you know. So here comes Clutch Hitter Bert, um, only spending half of his budget 
just mind-bogglingly, I, what are you doing? And he gives it back. You, you know, he hands it over to to Laura, and Laura's like, "I take back everything I said about you, Bert. I take back everything." And Bert, who is you know, has been really uh, jovial and amicable and patient and loving, jokes with her and says, "No, no, 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 no. You can just, just, just now take back everything you're gonna say about me in the future." And she goes. But I never bash you, Bert. I never bash you, Bert. I take back my take back of the things that I said before because I never bash you. Anyway, it was just like funny because I feel like Laura didn't like, I don't know, I felt like she kind of got really defensive, but Bert was just joking. Just totally joking. It's all right. Yeah. Um, But also joking based on the truth, you know. (laughs) Like, I don't think... It's like, yeah, you're nice to me now, but what about right. tomorrow? <laughs> right. Take back. I, I thought it was actually a pretty hilarious thing to come back with. Like, take back what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got the joke, Bert. We got we it. Did. Anyway. We did. So they all head back to the workroom. And it's, I thought this scene was really funny because we have Kimberly, who's just like mindlessly cutting. And she goes, Yes, they long too because the sheepdog song is stuck in her head. So she, so people are just like humming that all day long, Kimberly mainly, um, and then we have Oliver who is perpetually upset that Ewan is bigger in size than his size fourteen mannequin, and uh, he's like, I, you know, I, you know, I would really like to have a bigger mannequin in the workroom, but it's out of my control, you know. Ugh. Anyway. So um, we have this kind of thing going on um, and, you know, we kind of hear from designers throughout this like tiny, I would say this very quiet tantrum that Oliver is throwing um, just throughout the episode where people are like, this is, you know, this is real life. Uh, It's quite often that you meet someone who's a client who is not the size of your mannequin. (laughs) So yeah. why would you think of that? Because it seems like Oliver is taking it personally. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, these standards are so low. I can't believe that Project Runway is treating us like this. What is my mm-hmm. bigger mannequin? And it's like, you have the measurements. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, but I also noticed that Oliver's kind of talking this way as if everyone agrees with him. So he like mm-hmm. walks over to Joshua and is, he's kind of just, he's trying to decide a pocket a pocket square. I don't know what you call that. Like a breast pocket on one of the shirts. Yeah. And trying to decide like the, the length of the pocket, the width the of the proportions. Pocket. Yeah, yeah. The proportions. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so The proportions of the pocket. And he walks over to Joshua, probably because he's thinking like Joshua is bigger than me. And so I can put hmm. this pocket on Joshua's chest and then he's putting it there and, and Joshua's like, okay, yeah, maybe like a quarter of an inch in. He goes, okay, great. Because, you know, he's massive. I'm like half his size. I'm so little. I'm so little. And then, but again, you have people kind of making faces like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, right. we're all kind of dealing with people who are differently sized than our mannequins right now. And we're not complaining about it out loud. And do you notice that when you're complaining about it, we're not responding in kind? You're not noticing? Okay. All right. That's just something that I observed. I mean, on. certain people certain people tried to address this. I think it yeah. was Anthony Ald, 
right? Mm-hmm. That just said, hey, like what you said, I think was an Anthony Ald quote, like we all have to dress people that are different than mannequin size. That's real life. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think, I think people possibly, people seemed to feel like uh, Oliver mm-hmm. wouldn't really listen anyway. Yeah. And that's an uncomfortable predicament to be in. Yeah. That's, it's a, it's a really, this, uh, yeah, in that sense that it's really enlightening for us as viewers to see this and to see how the, the, um, how the other designers choose to respond to Oliver. Um, but yeah, yeah. uh, that says a lot about how, how it says a lot about what we're not seeing on camera, um, with Oliver, I mean. Um, so yeah, so, so we have this going on, um, and we have, there's a, there's a moment where Joshua is in what I call full Josh mode, where he's fitting the garments on himself and his little tidy briefs, like little, like really tiny briefs, um, making these, because the, the muslin, you know, you just can't, you have to get into your briefs in order to, you know, really get these pants to fit well. Um, and uh, Joshua's man, I was like, Joshua's mannequin must be his size. Josh, because I call all of, <laughs> I call all, all of Oliver's clients mannequins last week so now it's like just in anyway but joshua's client must be you know somewhere near uh, joshua's size so this is like you know the thing that i think joshua has probably been wanting to do all season is to just like walk around in little undies mm-hmm. um on tv on tv yeah <laughs> naturally naturally <laughs> so and then we have this moment one of two moments in the break room where Anya and Victor are sitting together and they're eating and Victor's like, Oh, you know, I can't wait to see Oliver, what Oliver makes because he's the only person here who has like menswear design experience. And Anya's like, yeah, you know, but he chose the same palette that he's been choosing the whole time. And he does this every single challenge. And Victor's like, yeah, no, you know, he did that last week with our client challenge where um, he chose something that the client didn't like. And, he, and, and Victor says something like, I don't think he can work with people because he mm-hmm. couldn't work with the clients from last challenge. And you need to kind of learn how to do that if you want to win. And then Anya mm-hmm. says something that we kind of got a little bit of this last episode when they had done the judging and decided who was at the top and who was at the bottom and Oliver was safe. And, you know, they, and after all of this drama, people were like, oh, Oliver, you must be relieved that you're safe. And Oliver's like, no, because Anya says he thought last challenge, he thought he was going to win. And Victor, who's very aware of the cameras, slams his Dixie cup full of water on the table and then looks <laughs> and, and fixes his face. And is like, oh, huh. In- interesting. You know, gives that face instead of yeah. being like, what? Excuse me? And every, everything besides Victor's face was just like, are you kidding me? What? Seriously? Like, what the hell? But all that came out of Victor's mouth was, huh. Hmm. And, yeah. and it's, I, I kind of love that because uh, last week it was just kind of mind boggling for everyone because they thought that they were supporting and, and giving Oliver some relief or leaning into just like, man, like you achieve something congratulations and Oliver's like I thought I was going to win they're like what What? it's like they're on different shows yes what show do you think Oliver's on I don't know I mean (laughs) but you know what I think the question you pose 
is definitely what I thought about at the end of this episode. And I'm, mm. I'm not going to get to the end right now, but I will say that the project runway that Oliver wants to be on is not this one. Oh, yeah. And I think that's not to say that Oliver is bad. It's just, I mean, this is season nine, right? There's been almost a decade of the show. I feel like there's now very established patterns of what happens on the show. Yeah. So I'm often very surprised with Project Runway as well as Drag Race when people are like, what? We're doing this challenge? It's like, <laughs> it's a mainstay. Yeah. Right? So I, I think that I don't understand when people sign up for these shows and then are without like really watching yeah. the shows thoroughly, yeah. right? So in a way, I think that the Project Runway that Oliver needs mm -hmm. is not this project runway that's happening right now. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah. No, that made me think of something else. So, so we also learned, cause I don't, I don't know. I don't remember this being said explicitly on the show that Oliver is the, I think Oliver mainly does menswear. I didn't know this, but everyone is saying it and maybe I missed it. But we know now that's true, that, that this is sort of their specialty mm -hmm. and or considered their specialty or the thing maybe they studied and you know, mainly in school. Who knows? But what you're saying in terms of that, like I was, you know, kind of thinking of the, the people on the show who are very, um, you know, so we know that there's always going to be a menswear challenge on um, Project Runway and. Um, I, I, and I was sort of thinking about the people who seemed unprepared for this. So we have Anya, who is the only one who has excuses for the things that she's unprepared for because it's only been four mm. months. Um, but I was, thinking right. about, I was thinking about Kimberly, for instance. So Kimberly is someone who I think is a kind of designer who doesn't have who doesn't have experience with menswear, but is skilled enough to be able to figure something out and maybe in getting ready for the show thought. I'll just kind of get there when I get there because she was, she was like, I'm, I don't know how to, I don't do this. I've never done this, but she didn't complain um, mm -hmm. and didn't um, act surprised. Kind of like, Oh my God, what? I can't believe they're doing a menswear challenge. What is this? And here we have Oliver who is in the position of being maybe the most should be the most comfortable with this type of design being the most one, the one who's just filled with complaints that that this menswear challenge is the way it is. Um, well, complaints, but also just constant. I mean, yes, I, I agree with you. Yeah. But for me, it was more than complaint. It was like mm -hmm. complaint plus constant disdain for the human body that doesn't fit. Yes. What a mannequin is, and yeah. I feel like I have to say, if, if okay, so I just have never felt like well maybe sometimes i have hmm. for the most part i feel like people younger than me are very hopeful and mm -hmm. i feel very happy that people younger than me make me feel hopeful yeah um of course there have been instances where i've been in places where i'm like wow you are so much younger than me and you are still so transphobic and biphobic hmm. and this and that yeah. but that's like not a common experience it's a rare experience yeah so in watching that i mean i'm just imagining into even in 2000 when did this air 2011 2011 mm -hmm. that's not that long ago no, for these not. attitudes to persist 
uh, it's, it's bad enough, Yeah, you know? So I just feel like, what are they teaching kids in school? But I'm, I don't think it's the school. I think it's what people pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. in, cause I've been here or, you know, cause I, there's a, a really wonderful podcast that I listened to called, um, maintenance phase. And if anyone out there, um, does not listen to that podcast, I highly recommend it because they, they, they talk about, um, uh, it's it's mainly a, a it's it's kind of like a debunking podcast that mainly hmm. focuses on wellness trends, but hmm. um, one of the co-hosts is um, an activist in um, uh, in queer and fatphobic um, issues and is is like is one of the most thoughtful and well spoken um, in terms of like thinking through fatphobia and culture in overt and in insidious ways mm-hmm. um she's super clear and incredibly enlightening you know in sort of thinking about like our own internalized ideas of fat phobia and um how it is like perpetuated in culture so of course like she would go to town on this episode but they recently did an episode about that book called um uh it's called french women don't get fat mm-hmm. and they got into sort of this like european culture around um, as like like uh like bodies and physical bodies and it and those types of expectations and it made me think about Oliver who has spent a lot of time in Italy and in France, um in that context. I'm not saying that the I mean in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. context, um the U.S. is, is extremely fat phobic, um but in terms of Oliver and almost like his comfort with assuming that other people. Mm-hmm are as fat phobic as he is, is something that I was thinking like, it's something that's endemic, more endemic yeah. than, than it was with the other designers. And it, it definitely something that if you've been watching the show, we all know. And at back then, like Tim has been an advocate for, for plus size and, or plus, plus size equity for a while and was very, has been very vocal about being, about being really unhappy with um, with model sizes on Project Runway, and also unhappy about just you know you know he rants all he ha- used to rant all the time about like where do you find bigger clothes in stores like you go to, you know anyway we know how Tim feels about this and so to kind of like openly discuss this in a certain way in front of Tim it's just it's you know even if you have these internalized and maybe really like conscious fat phobic ways of, of, of thinking then um you know oliver is is very overt and and very very comfortable comfortable with you know discussing it in a, in a way that is just rarely seen um on even on project runway i'll say yeah um, yeah yeah so anyway um we have tim coming in with peter butler from garnier and after we've had this like conversation with between Anya and Victor, so Tim comes in and so Peter is there to launch their Garnier hair con- consultations to discuss ideas with them. And then they have their Garnier hair session, which um, I thought was hilarious because it's like, it's like, what do you do with them? And every it seems like people are kind of like fish out of water with having, you know, these like these cis dudes who are not models and are also 
I don't know if it is, has anything to do with them being kind of cool, like being mm. um, like out of this like fashion thing, but they're just like, oh yeah, his hair is curly. So uh, keep it curly. Oh, he's got a right. beard. So, but keep it a beard. Do you want to shave your beard? He's like, um, actually my beard's my crown. Okay, then let's we'll not touch your beard. Okay. What about yeah, your was, face? We'll just it keep was it very like, it was very like, let's keep it natural. In a way that I don't, I don't think we actually get from like female presenting people in the makeup chair. No, it's almost like, oh, here's our canvas. But yes. then these four get in there and they're like, how do we preserve the natural beauty? Yeah, you know? it's like let's just like poke at it and then leave it. Okay, it was. I just like, what is this? This is this is this is fascinating, but all, at the same time, scary, kind of boring. <laughs> well, also scary because it's like, wow, there's that much of a difference when different people sit in, in the makeup chair. Yeah. It's like, what, what do you, you look know? like? Let's just keep the way you look the way you look. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. Anyway. Ugh. You know what? Yeah. I, I like, I like your adjectives better. It is scary. It was, it was actually like illuminating and annoying. Um, anyway. So back in the workroom, uh, um we have this is interesting because i think the last thing i have for for that is that we have oliver who is just like you know um there's i'm not worried about anything that i'm making for you and he's gonna like what i make for him no matter what i mean look at him and look what i look at you know i'm going to make something because there's i can only make him look better i don't know it's just Mm. like, like a very assured in a you know like a very like delusional way um dear oliver anything else before they go back home this is before the tim visits right yes okay so we can actually get to the tim visits because they they kind of wake up in atlas i didn't write anything down because i think they're so tired and i feel sorry for them so there's they're waking up they're still exhausted and they head back to the workroom and we see Bert having some issues with clothing dye. So he wanted he wanted his clothes to come out navy blue, but instead they they came out what Bert calls a grape juice purple. Hmm. Which I, you know, I, I think that's an interesting description for purple. But um and then we have Laura who is not bashing Bert in her talking head, being like, if Bert comes up with a dopey look, it's not my problem. Right. So yeah, she's not bashing at all. Anytime. Anyway, so <laughs> we have Tim time with the sheepdogs. So Tim comes in, and first we have Laura and Layot. And um, so Laura is showing Layot the red denim jeans that she's making, and she's also trying to stress them. And they Layot and Tim both agree that the red isn't dark enough. And so she's also like tie dyeing a very slouchy tank top, and mm-hmm. Layout's like, "Uh, can you cover up more of my like delicatage? Because I've got mm-hmm. I'm covered in hair." And she's like, "Oh, you're not okay with it going that low? Okay." So and, and so like as they're talking about this, like our wonderful Project Runway graphics department puts up Laura's sketch, and just like a pop of like a ball of hair that just pops out of the neckline. <laughs> And Laura's like, okay, looks, okay, you don't, you don't want to show that off? You sure? It's 
you know, hair is great. I don't know, whatever. I don't know what Laura was thinking, but he doesn't want it that low. And she's trying to argue for it to be low. And I think he right. wins. So, yeah. Basically, Laura's trying to dress um, <laughs> Liot like the male presenting version of the Barbies that she likes to dress. Yes. Right. Because Barbies is where the money's at. And by the way, I'm saying something that Laura mentioned earlier in the episode. I'm not just pulling that out of my underarm to be I mean, shocking. I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a quote. Laura <laughs> is okay. Let me, Laura is really in like Barbie is my demographic. Like Barbie is my client. So how can I make Leah into my Barbie? <laughs> and yeah, no, I totally agree with you. That's, that's what she's doing. Um, then we have Anya with Sam and Anya wanted to find prints that she could panel. She's like, Oh yeah, here are the prints that I have. And Tim turns to Sam going, Oh, Anya, she's a master at prints. I will tell you. And then Anya professionally goes on, not outwardly flustered by the thing that Tim just said. Mm -hmm. That was true the other day but it's not true today mm. i thought i thought anya did so well by not freaking out because she's like oh my god yeah i am i am the master of prince but oh my god like i'm off my game and tim like the one time here we have a client and Tim's like oh i never say this about other designers i never compliment designers this way to clients in front of the designers but anya's a genius and so I'm going to do this, this one special time. She's a genius <laughs> at Prince. Good luck, Anya. We have all of our confidence in you and your genius at Prince. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway. Anya is always good under pressure. So good. Like, just like am amazing. Um, and then we have Anthony Ryan with Ryan. And he's making a Western shirt. Two print options. It's like, I got this one with a floral. It's like floral, but it's, it's wood. But it has this floral thing going on. And I also have this paisley idea over here. And Ryan's like, I like the wood better. Which I thought was just really, like, super freaking easy. This is professional. This is what you do. Yes. Is you give the client a choice. You get two things. Listen, Bert, with your Bert with $150 left over. Mm -hmm. And anybody else is like... Take a chance on a different choice and offer like your client like a choice. Yeah. Like Yeah. I I, I just yeah. loved how easy it was. He's like, what what do you think about this one? What do you think about that one? And it seemed like whatever Ryan chose, that's what Anthony was gonna gonna make it out of. It wasn't about like selling Ryan on something that Anthony was like trying to push him into. Yeah. Um, and coming out, coming out of a challenge where Anthony Alt felt like, oh, I really put myself in the back burner by yeah. redesigning this dress yeah. for, like, I made my client happy, yeah. but I put my, I did not do my designs. Yeah. I think this was one way that Anthony Alt found to control, like, to sort of to have choice, but also control yeah. over the over their process. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there was like something that he learned from that challenge then I would like to know where he's like you know what actually here's like a better way of doing it um where I don't feel like I can feel like I'm serving my client but I don't lose myself so right um and then we then we move on to Bert with Ewan and Bert's so excited about these striped jeans he's like look 
I made you striped jeans and let me explain the color. Cause I know the color is crazy. So we have Oliver in, in, their, in, in a talking head, but has quite a flamboyant print on top and pinstripes on the bottom and they're all in shades of purple. So I thought that was quite odd. I mean, color, what the fuck? Can I tell you about my dream home at mood of 23 shades of beige? What is what with all of this color? So, so we have, <laughs> so we have Ewan who's like, wow, looks like a lot of purple. And Tim's like, it's feeling very feminine. Um, and Ewan's like, yeah, this fabric up top looks like my mom's top. And so, mm. and then Bert, so this is also I want to talk to you about, which I thought, like, I think this, this is fascinating, this conversation, because Bert's trying to describe the top. He's like, well, maybe I won't do, maybe I won't make it too blousey. And Tim's like, oh, the fact that you even call it a blouse, <laughs> a blouse. Um, and I'm like, Bert's not in good shape, but also this conversation's not in great shape either. Because like, I don't know. I think it's, he said blousey as a descriptor, not as, you know, saying that this is a blouse, but also, right. you know, and, you know, it's, I think it's totally fine to have this be something that is in that vibe or that shape. And who knows, maybe that's what this was called in, uh, uh, back in San Francisco from wherever yeah. Bert's trying to, you know, reference from, I don't know. So. Absolutely. Yeah. This whole conversation. Yeah. This whole conversation, this whole episode, but I'll, I'll get into it later. Okay. All right. Because next we have Victor with Liat. And Victor, this, you know, coming off of the Garnier thing where it's like, uh, mm, let's just look at your hair and just uh, spray it with this very light thing that's just water. Anyway, so mm. Victor's like, yeah, I want to keep it similar to what he's already wearing. I just want to add the crispiness that is his hair right now. And so Tim's was crispiness. It's like, yeah, crispiness. That's a word I just made up. It makes sense. Right, Tim? I don't know. What it is. <laughs> I was, you know, I heard that and I was like, anybody who was watching the L word at this time or actually five years prior would be really um, in on the fact that Alice tried to bring crispy, you know, <laughs> as a. Alice is a character, Alicia Haley's character on, mm -hmm. on the L word um, was trying to use that as an adjective throughout half of the seasons that were made up until that point. Mm -hmm. So for, for this person to use like contemporary queer vernacular, I'm, I'm not, at the time, I'm, I'm not exactly that shocked by it. You know, I yeah. wonder if, yeah. I mean, and also like I make up words all the time. And like, I, like, I think one of my, I don't know if there's a listener who like, who noticed and pointed out like i love saying the word crapness i don't just say crap i say i, I like saying holy crapness like it's, you know it doesn't make any sense but but oh, also you make it yours um, you make it yours yeah yeah uh oh my goodness so oh my gosh sorry so okay i'm, I'm just gonna we're, i'm gonna veer off i'm sorry i'm veering off of the podcast for a moment also to kind of like admit to you patricia and also to our listeners so we're recording this <laughs> We're recording this on Wednesday night and um, it's technically Serena's second round match at the U S open. And so I just got like a text message from a friend that says like, your girl is fighting right now. And I, 
I totally forgot to put on, and I, I did, I, I didn't forget. Like I thought about this. I contemplated putting on the scores in the background, and decided not to because I would be too distracted by the match. Oh, do you but, want to take um, a break and catch up with what's happening on the match? No. Okay. So oh. what I'll do is I'm, you know, I've, I've got this unlocked. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the U.S. Open. I didn't website. even know that was going on today. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't pay attention to tennis. Yeah, uh, and I'm just going to see um, uh, in real time. I'm going to follow live the scores, and I'm going to put Serena there. And oh my God, she just won uh, the <gasps> first set tiebreaker, um, seven four. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's pulling it out. Um, and listeners, just to let y'all know, if you if no one is watching tennis, um, Serena right now is in a battle with the number two seed, Contavate, um, and uh, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm okay. scared because she's okay. a number two seed. But I think Serena might pull us out. Okay, and then we can go back to the, <laughs> we can go back to the episode. Um, okay. Wonderful. Um, so we have uh Victor who is sort of like doing this distressed denim thing as as well. And Tim is a little worried about it because it's like, oh, if you distress it too much, it might look cheap. And um, there is this like, I don't know if you noticed it, but there is this interstitial footage while Tim and Liat are talking to Victor of Joshua and Bert kind of lurking in the background. They're like, I missed that hovering around, but, I, but I'm looking at it now. I mean, I, I can certainly. Yeah. Cause I, I was kind of wondering why. if this is foreshadowing something with Victor. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so, so it just looks like, because I kind of, and sometimes, of course, these are cut in. We don't really know if this is one to one, if it's real time or whatever. But I thought it was really interesting. I'm like, why is why are they kind of lurking? But Victor isn't really getting a bad critique. It's just you know constructive hmm. criticism. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, they're not together. They're sort of like one at a time. They're yeah. one. The, the the camera cuts to one of them mm-hmm. lurking, and then mm-hmm. the other lurking, but they're not together lurking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we we have, and then you know, still on Victor. Victor is making this shirt in a Western style. Is making these pants distressed, and also wants to make an insane pleather moto jacket. And I'm just like, what? with castles, what, Victor? So um, that's a lot of work going on with Victor. But I, if anyone can do it, it's Victor. Yeah. So then we move on to Kimberly who's dressing Sam and Sam um, likes Brown. So, cause Kimberly like, he liked Brown. So I thought of doing Brown. Um, I'm doing a Brown corduroy pant and a plaid tunic. And Sam's like, actually Kim, you're doing a daishiki wrong. <laughs> I don't think of a daishiki having this color. I think more about this color on this fabric that you buried underneath all this other crap on your table. And so <laughs> So like Sam had this vibe to me of like, um, excuse me, I have a lot of opinions and I'm going to voice them as if I know what I'm talking about, but I really don't. But what he does is he finds some fabric that I think Kim was trying to hide. And it's, it's fabric that she just borrowed from Anya. So as Sam pulls out this fabric, the camera pans over to Anya, who is like, searing an evil eye over at Kimberly's way and not at Kimberly, but at herself, no. at her past self, 
for giving up this fabric that she said was ugly. So she gave away, it's like, like, who cares? Like you, all your fabric you think is ugly Anya, but she happened to give up to Kimberly who was work, who's dressing the same person. They're both dressing Sam and Sam likes the fabric that she just gave up. And so Anya's like, Oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? Yeah. In the background, Anthony is cackling. So Anthony is like calling diva and also like cackling at Anya for, <laughs> for giving up the fabric. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's, it's a very loaded thing that's going on here. But then we move on to Joshua and Ryan and Joshua has a zipper thing going on where he's got an exposed zipper, I think just tacked on to the outside of the pants. And Tim is like, um, Joshua, this zipper is just drawing your eye to the crotch. And Josh is like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. So what I thought was hilarious is that like Joshua not only has to get through a challenge working with a plain woman last week, someone who was like, Joshua, plain, I am plain. Or Joshua, my girlfriend is plain. Please do not do anything that you do. She's playing like, what about this lace? She's like, no, plain lace, please. And so he's made it through that. But now he has to work with a non-gay cis man <laughs> this week. And it's like, you have to, you can't be, you have to be plain Josh. And you also can't be too gay, Josh. <laughs> so, uh, so Josh was like, you know, working with these challenges and uh, doesn't seem to be freaking out. But I loved Joshua's talking head explaining like, okay, so these are who my clients usually are. And... Uh, so I guess this is something, so it's not just too much. So I feel like all season, the way we've been describing Joshua as too much, like a bedazzler mm. and Joshua's not just a bedazzler. He's no, mm. Joshua is like, is like them, you know, them, themselves, like, but also we hear from him is used to working with a certain clientele. And so it comes out in these detailed ways that I really appreciate because it's like, oh, okay. All right. Let's also see how. Joshua, who is used to making um, menswear and is like adjusts in in this sense to working with like a, for all we know, like a heterosexual cis dude. So how is Mm -hmm. this something that is is like maybe something that he has like, you know, adjust for? Mm -hmm. So now we have Oliver and Ewan. Yes. And Oliver's like, basically, I'm doing a button-up shirt with long sleeves, lots of detail and pockets, and I'm mis- mixing textiles of this print. And Ewan goes, are those swirls and swans over there? And Oliver's like, you can't really tell that they're swans and swirls from far away, you brute. Okay? I just <laughs> like color combinations of beiges. Okay? So, like... <laughs> Oliver is doing something that I, because th- so, I'm like, okay, the only, the, the thing, the positive thing that I can pull out of this um, is that Oliver is doing something that the other designers really haven't been doing, which is like the other designers have been giving the, 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 um, the band members what they want and listening to them and, you know, working with them in a very respectful way, of course, but kind of also, again, going off of the, the consultation with Garnier, where like, oh, let's keep you the way you are. Um, Oliver is trying to implement some design 
and and trying to put in something that offers a little bit of I would say in another if it were another designer I'd be like they're they're giving them they are trying to elevate their look they are trying to give them some type of like fantasy fashion vibe they're treating them as someone who can you know lean into something different Whereas everyone else, I think, is so freaked out that they have to make something that is in the menswear category. And yeah. Oliver isn't freaked out about it being menswear, but right. he's freaked out about the body. And so in terms right. of the design, um, I think the way he's approaching the design is great, other than the um, uh, the fat phobic part of it. And so it's like, d- does that make sense? What it I'm makes saying? perfect sense. Okay. But the the fat phobic part is like 90% of it all. Exactly. Yes. So that, that one sliver of a good thing is the only thing I can pull out. And that's when he was like, you know, um, where you one's like swans and swirls. What is that? And you know what I find interesting here? Well, there are two things going on to me or, or in my eyes. It's mm-hmm. that, Okay. It's hilarious to me that Oliver was like, oh, look at what Bird is doing is so flamboyant. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. we get Oliver's fabric and it's like, like you said, swans and swirls yes. in like a bluish, purplish, mauve-ish, beige-ish. Yes. It's like, really? That's not flamboyant? Okay, yes. number one. And then number two, I do want to say that I think that Oliver is also reacting to the last challenge mm-hmm. where they felt like they had no control they had this person oh wow who dared to have an opinion yeah. uh, by the way that couple was very talkative i understand how for someone who is of a quieter frequency which by the way i am mm-hmm. i would not like having somebody talk to me at a mile a minute all the time telling me what to do people often think quiet people don't know what they're doing when they're just thinking mm-hmm. right so i do think that that was part of the dynamic last week with Oliver or, or yeah. part of a larger dynamic, but there was something there. Um, and this is, I'm going to take a side step for a second and just say that this is one of those challenges that like, uh, you know, Nayland often says that this show is a lot like art school. It's like the closest show to art school that is mm-hmm. on television. And I do agree with that very much. And then there are instances like this one where I feel like this show is, a lot closer to um, design on spec, hmm. which is more more. It's a, a lot closer to a commercial artist experience. And when I say a commercial artist, I've been a commercial artist. It's not like uh, it's just you're in a graphic. You're in a department somewhere working, doing something for someone else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't mean. Uh, I mean, people say the word commercial to mean many things. I mean, you are a hired professional yes. to execute something according to the specs that your client is giving you on behalf of a company or on behalf of your own uh, project that you're running, right? Yeah. So I've been in a lot of these situations. So I really relate to the situation as how important it is to create boundaries with your client and how to communicate with your client well. Mm-hmm. And last week, Oliver... Uh, had never worked with a client before yeah right so oliver is just not there yet and i think that this is one of the instances where i think the show could do better in making sure people are prepared to deal with the public because i'm sure that was also uh, unpleasant for the person for the for the person being dressed by oliver last week right yeah 
So this is one of those things where I feel like there's a lot of disconnect here. Mm -hmm. So I think Oliver is trying to react to how do I regain control of my design process? How do I establish myself and stand up for myself and not let someone talk all over me? Mm -hmm. I'm the designer. I have to establish my vision. Yeah. And I think that is to be commended, but a huge part of that process or a huge part of what makes that process successful is really, really listening. Yeah. And I don't think Oliver is there yet either. No, not at all. Because I, I, I wonder if Oliver even hears, or like the list. That's I, I have to think a little bit more about that. Because because like not being able to not listening, um, I think has something to do with a bit of the delusion that Oliver exhibits during has been exhibiting throughout this 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 season. And one is, you know, all the time people are like. Oliver, you and your time management. I don't have a time management problem. I don't. What are you? What like, is everyone talking about? Why do the producers keep asking me about this? This is bullshit. You know, I just feel like that's something that's pretty obvious to everyone. Uh, and and it's like you know, he he just again, you know, last last episode, we're like, he's like, I thought I was going to win. Like, really, really? So there's you know, there's like, you know, I, I'm I'm wondering about the the ability for someone like that to even hear and and listen and relate to someone else who isn't who who is in this you know in a relationship not isn't like a employed by him to just wear yeah. clothes so um yeah. so yeah i mean anything else about this interaction um i mean i i really just this was so cringe I, it was Oliver was also so rude. I think in trying to assert mm-hmm. himself, Oliver said, oh no, you're big. It's like, oh my gosh. And I, it's just cringy. I mean, and I, uh, no, go ahead. I, I felt terrible for that person, for the singer, for Sam, right? Yeah, because, so. Uh, so no, because, not Sam. I'm sorry. Oh, for, for Ewan. 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 Yeah, for Thank Ewan. You. Um, yeah. yeah, because, th- this, so yeah, this this reminds me of, uh, that interaction in terms of the delusion because Oliver is saying, you know, he's, I, I think he's basically trying to say, I don't want him to wear what he normally wears because what he normally wears makes him look fat, not just fat, so fat. And so yeah. he's just like, cause you know, he's visually bigger on stage. I don't want, I don't want to put a lot of things on him to make him even bigger. And then Tim's eyebrows go way up. Like they're like out of the building. They're through the roof. They're outside. Yeah. And if anyone is paying attention, you can look at Tim's face and it's a red flag. It means shut the fuck up. You just yes. said something. And and there must have been some silence because Ewan, I think in this in extreme discomfort, looks at Tim and goes, he's saying I'm a big man. And Oliver's like, yeah, you're big. And then Tim's eyebrows are now way up there with like, I don't know, the web telescope, something, you know, it's it's out, it's out there floating toward the black hole and it's figuring out how to dress the little bit of light that's able to escape a black hole. Like Tim's eyebrows are in another universe. It's so yeah. inappropriate and so, um, yeah, so, so cringe and so um, disrespectful. Yes. And, um, and and Tim, I think, starts to tr- tries to start like a back and forth to make it more benign. 
by saying like, are you going to be done with this in time for his fitting? Because there's going to be a fitting. Do you think you can execute this? And all is like, well, you know, let me bring it back to how fat he is. He's bigger than my mannequin. And that's going to be hard for me. Where's my mannequin? And like Oliver's like, chop, chop. Where? And Tim's like, okay, let me be more explicit. Mm-hmm. This is normal to dress someone who isn't the same size as your mannequin. You have his measurements. So you really have no excuse. And yeah. Tim stopped. And, and But later we'll, we're here in, in the episode. He, to Oliver is the menswear designer. So it's like, seriously, seriously, um, Tim's talk. So we have like a talking head from Kimberly that's in, you know, in after this like extremely disrespectful moment that's happening between um, these three with Oliver, uh, Tim and Ewan. And it sounds like Kim is responding to a producer question that's trying to stir up drama. That's like, so are you worried about like how slow and like, you know, fat phobic Oliver is and not finishing up in time for the fitting. And Kim's like, let me explain to you guys once again. I don't care because we're not being judged as a team. We're being judged individually. And it's like, you know, interesting that we we keep hearing from the designers this refrain over and over again. Yeah. Um, but especially in this kind of situation, because if 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 they're if if they're going forward dependent on this interaction, then um, I think it, I think it would be a, kind of a disaster because Oliver is very uh, hard headed and hard to get into. Um, mm. Anyway, so so Tim leaves, and we have Bert dying the stuff again because it's it's like too purple, and. Oliver is not passionate about what he's making because he's got to make work uh, for a larger person. And then we have our client fittings. So how they do this is, um, you know, team harmony comes in first and then team, I think team untitled comes in to do the fittings later. Um, And, and and also we can kind of think about how much work we're asking (laughs) these um, bandmates to go through. Um, So they're filming with, with, they're filming. They're also doing these uh, uh, crits, but also they have to get dressed twice and get fitted twice. Um, did anything stand out during this fitting time to you? I mean, not really. Um, yeah, nothing like like, like uh, uh, nothing more than what we've already kind of talked about. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's still like issues. Like people are having, like Kimberly, of course, is having issues. Like, She's flying blind. And everyone is, everyone is basically having issues. They're just very different yeah. issues and the issues they're having are very relative to their skill level. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's a great way of putting it. Um, so Tim leaves them and says like, you know, the fitting was incredibly, a, a cre- incredibly valuable session. Since you guys haven't done menswear all year. Bye. Bye. Like it's just, you know, he just leaves. And um, there's like kind of a montage of tired sewing. We have Anya who is complaining about the amount of details that go into um, these pants. But I also appreciate that she is taking time to put in those details or trying. Yeah. And we have a moment with between Bert and Oliver where... Bird is talking Taylor shorthand. He's like, yeah, tailoring shorthand to Oliver. 
And he goes, he looks at Oliver and goes, crotch 26. And Oliver goes, what, what does that mean? What the fuck is that? And Bert's like, 26 long. The, cr- the crotch, 26 long. And he does like, and Oliver's like, you mean from here to here? And, and Oliver does some gesture that actually shows what the crotch, you know, what, what, what that is in terms of the inseam. And I wrote in my notes, I was like, wait, is Oliver a liar? Is hmm. Oliver really a menswear designer? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> because oh, we, did, we, we did see their work at, like on the longer version of the first episode where yes. they have to bring in their thing. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I thought it was really weird that Oliver didn't understand what Bert meant by 26 long. Well, just to, to I just want to say like, Oliver, I, you know, I just looked this up before today's episode, but mm-hmm. Oliver studied at an institute in Milan. Okay. So maybe that's just not how it's talked about there. Okay. That's a good point. I just, just to sort of think about why that would happen. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, yeah. Cause maybe it's like a different, or also maybe it's not necessarily like a language thing, but yeah, it could be terminology. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Never mind. I take it back. I don't think Oliver's no, no, lying. You don't have to. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just adding to the plate. You don't have to take anything away. <laughs> um, well, but I also thought that this, I'll, I'll just say that I thought this was a curious moment because I feel like we're learning a lot about what Oliver must be like. The unedited, the edited out version of Oliver, um, because then, then after we do the fit, after we do this, and you know, there's a moment with Anya and Joshua eating together in the break room. Oh yeah, and they're gossiping carefully. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like, um, so let's say like Oliver is a popular kid in school and is running, mm. running the hallways and Oliver, everyone wants to be Oliver's friends, but Anya and Joshua are actually Oliver's friends, but they're terrified of Oliver and they're terrified of saying something wrong to get booted out of the, the in crowd or something. I don't know. Right. So, um, so Anya's like, so you think Oliver is going to be okay? And Josh was like, I was just about to ask that. I was, I was just about to ask you that. And then Anya's like, well, he gets upset when people tell him to go faster. And then Josh was like, well, the only thing is, um, hi, Oliver. And Oliver <laughs> is just like slumping in. And he goes, fucking hello, you two shitheads. And then Josh was like, hi, how are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, the pants fit okay you know, fuck this shit. Don't ask me about time management because I'm okay. So what the fuck ever? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and Josh was like, we're just a little worried about you, but you know, your forte is menswear, right? And I was like, whatever. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> they're so like, it's like, they're like gigantic training wheels or not. What do you call it? Like there's like a gigantic, like, f- like fuzzy, soft, thing that they're trying mm. to like maneuver around with with Oliver Every, everyone's being so careful and Oliver's like I'm just a quietist the most freaky terror that you've ever encountered I only talk like this but everyone is terrified of me anyway so, so anyway um so so I thought about this as, as being interesting because I'm like wow like you you can't I want to see Oliver fly off the handles, but he mm. probably flies off the handles at this volume, but it probably yeah. is like relentless. Anyway, so they, they, there's like sewing, they're sewing, 
And I think this is sort of like the end of the day before they head back to Atlas and they're just worn out. They're all worried and mm. freaking out because the next day yeah. is one way day. So we go back to the workroom. Tim comes in, tells them that it's a jam-packed morning because they have to send the clients to hair and makeup two different times. They also have to fit them two different times. Also, there is no runway. They're just going to be performing two songs. And the first set, I think they're going to perform team harmonies. And they're going to perform in team harmonies outfits. And then the second set, they're going to perform in team untitled um, outfits. And I have to say, this was the most fun cheat sheet to put together oh. because they still have to photograph these for um, for press and and for like the website that they had at the time. And so um, on the cheat sheet, I have the front and the back for this one. But um, some of them are just like, you know, you're, you, you, we get to see them play, um, but we don't get to see like what they're wearing on their backs or, or anything. But the photos that, that you can see online, the, um, the band members have their arms out because they're, you know, they, they're showing off their fringe or they're, they're smiling huge. It's just, you know, like ways we're not used to seeing models perform in front of the, the, the camera for Project Runway. And I, I just thought it was like a lot of fun um, to see them here. I feel like there's not really a lot um uh going on i just you know there's some some people are freaking out about their outfits and are freaking out, freaking out about other people's outfits there is this drama with oliver making Ewan sit in his undies for 30 minutes before runway <laughs> um and oliver puts finally puts on the shirt on Ewan and it fits so he goes oh yay god damn it yay like there's like a little cheer um and then he goes like, I don't have any time management issues. I just use all the time I'm given in the spirit of working until the last minute. So anyway, <laughs> that's how Oliver is thinking. Um, all right. So Tim finally calls time and is clapping them out. Oliver is not ready. And Tim is like clearly clapping at Oliver to leave. Victor walks out like a... A plus student, I'll say. Everything yes. is on a rack. And also Victor looks really well put together. And Tim go like, You're so well organized. I'm like, of course Victor is. Like Victor's always organized. And out of the door first. Anyway, so all right. Ready for the runway? Yes. Oh, can I just say one thing before yes. we go to runway? Just yes. because I, I think I'll reference it later. Up until this point, it has been icky 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 right mm -hmm. it's been very cringe for many yeah. ways one of the things that I, I want to just share before we go to the runway is how all we've heard up to this point is how oh this is menswear mm -hmm. we must be precise oh this is oh menswear yeah. there's no room for error in menswear yeah i mean this is coming off of an episode i'm sorry i know you already covered the episode brilliantly with nayland i just want to say that there's so many sizings like for female and femme presenting people mm -hmm. there's like there's more size variance for female presenting people and people with breasts mm -hmm. than for what is typically labeled and constructed as menswear yeah right number one and number two it's almost like there's this residual affirmation of 
menswear must be precise. Mm-hmm. Like this just bothered me over and over, especially after an episode that just basically made fun of women's bodies. Yeah. And just did not treat them as if they are worth dressing. They're just toys. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh my God. But okay, I will say more to this or I will follow up on the second part of my thought later. Mm-hmm. But basically, up until this point, the focus has really been menswear equals precision. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. so glad that you said something like that. I mean, that you said that because it is sort of like a given um, as if there is, it's almost as if they're all making bespoke suits or something. Right. Because I feel like that's where you need to be precise. And, I, and I've been thinking about, you know, Italian tailoring a lot, mainly because we've been talking about Oliver and Oliver went to school in mm-hmm. Milan. But, you know, there is, uh, there, there is like precision that goes there. Um, and, and, but that happens with any kind of tailoring yes. or any kind of suiting, um, no matter, you know, you know, regardless of gender. And so, um, but it is one of those tropes on Project Runway. It is one of those refrains where it's like, oh, menswear is so hard because things are different. Oh, the different like types of measurements. And I'm like, okay, it's a different simply because there are, it, it like, maybe there's like, extra measurements you have to take for certain bodies but that doesn't really negate the fact that for for anyone for anyone who's not like yeah. a uh what do you call it um oh my gosh not a fit size like not everyone who's not a fit model or who exactly fits the size mm-hmm. of the mannequin um you know you have to be you have to fit the clothes and yeah you know even thinking about um you know project runway um two point bravo with you know, mm-hmm. shout out to Brendan Maxwell, who who's always calling out these tailoring issues, um, mm. regardless of gender, because that yeah. is a thing that is a standard. But for some reason, you're right. I, I'm so glad that you, you mentioned this. It, but the whole time I was like, oh, OK, hashtag couture. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's not precise. Couture gowns are not precise. Like, yeah, uh, you know, breast sizing isn't precise. Hips, yeah. hip ratios to shoulders. It was just like, oh my goodness! It's just didn't um, the embedded constant sexism and sizeism of it all. Yeah, uh, was just icky, icky, icky. And that's yeah. just my mentality going into the run- the non runway, the performance. Yeah, no, thank you for bringing it up. Um, it's yeah, it definitely is one of those unquestioned things that I I, I say that I don't question that. Um, mm. I'm proud of runway. All right. So let's so let's get into it. So listeners, you can pull up the cheat sheet, look into the show notes and find the link there um, and pull it up and you can follow along with us. So this is a special runway and we're not going to talk about it in runway order, but again, performance order. And just to remind everyone of who our judges are, we have our normies, we have Heidi Klum, Nina Garcia, um, Michael Kors, and then our guest judge is fashion forward musician Adam Lambert. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a great time <laughs> with Adam Lambert on this one. Um, and Adam Lambert also had a great time, clearly. All right. So we start off with Team Harmony, which is Anya, Bert, Laura, and Anthony. Um, and so we can talk about them on uh let's see here yeah let's let's just talk about the whole line and any any thoughts on on this um patricia you want to start (laughs) um sure i mean 
Let's see. Team Harmony. Harmony. I mean, I thought... Look, this whole challenge, I just thought they all looked like... I, I don't know why everybody thought they were supposed to reference the past. Hmm. Right? Because you, you want to have a style, but you also want to look like you are existing in today. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, I feel very unqualified to even <laughs> talk about this. Like, I don't follow this kind of fashion. I don't. Mm -hmm. But what did I think about Team Harmony? I thought they all did very expected things. Like, this is not something that I, like, would I expect to see this in, Rose, in Rolling Stone in mm -hmm. 2009? Probably not. They would all be wearing whatever the stylist put them in. Yeah. Right? So they would, half of them would have some kind of, John Varvatos would have been involved. Yeah. Right? So one of them would have had this, okay, so for example, Sam might be wearing that shirt under a suit jacket. Yeah. In Rolling Stone. Yeah. So when I think about that time and what Rolling Stone would have done at that time or even GQ or something like that, I feel like everybody just went to their idea of what the 60s or 70s were like. Mm -hmm. It's expected, so it's not exciting. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I agree. I was, and that's that's way, I'm using better words than what I was thinking, that they, they all look like some sort of costume interpretation of the 60s or the 70s i'll say probably um more so the, the late 60s um and and in a way you know because i <laughs> that's how i thought about their music like i i i, I think about their music as being not just a, an homage or not just inspired by the 60s or 70s it's the little that i've heard of them it sounds just straight up like it's from a time um and so and so i was thinking like even so th that's a thing that happens where bands um or musicians mm -hmm. do really really faithful sounding renderings from the past where you're you know you can listen to the album and be like oh my god where is this from is this from you know uh the 1970s or is this from 2020 and yeah and that you know that happens all the time and how even uh and so you don't need the clothes to do the same thing that your sound is doing. Oh, and so, so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so there, there could have been something that um, was, you know, freed them up because there are always bands who play these ways, who play in a period piece kind of way, but just look at what they're wearing. Like they just, they just wear whatever. And so um it makes their it almost makes their sound worse. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like watching them play, it, it's almost like you're watching a play, or you're watching um, some type of theater act, or you're watching some type of something that's like less serious than who they actually are. Um, and you know, I kind of think about a band that I really like called Fleet Foxes, and mm. I've seen you know they're like long hair, beards, whatever, and um a lot of the sound that they put together kind of sound you know it's like they're hard on harmony um really really tight harmony that i i feel like is referencing like the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. in a way but when they're together they just look like hipsters from mm -hmm. 
I don't know, Tennessee hipsters, or, you know, where are they from? Like Nashville from or Seattle. Like they're, mm-hmm. ju- they're just like dudes who get together and play um, and they happen to have like long hair and, and whatever, but it's in, and so, so it, so yeah. So it's kind of this, um, this, this extreme disconnect with mm. um, what they were asking for and also disconnect with, with like what, what, like people who play in bands. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. And then I'm my, this is my, this is the same thing I have to say for like team, uh, Untitled too, where I think Team Un. Do you have anything else to say about Team Harmony? Sorry, before I move on to Team no. Untitled, because no. with Team Untitled, I feel like there was a fringe issue going on with, that starts with Victor, and I wonder if that's why we were looking at Joshua and Bert, kind of like, hmm, what's Victor doing? Because Joshua took this fringe and did this thing with a sleeve, which I thought mm-hmm. was really, I love that part. I I, I liked it a lot. Um, I don't think Joshua's model liked it, <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting. But at the same time, um, this Western motif, I was just like, why? Why are we doing that? And why are we doing something that sort of looks like something you would see on TV? Um, and oh my God, like I have, I have other things to say about like Kimberly's outfit, um, but, mm-hmm. but until we get to like judging but that's yeah. I just thought they made them sound worse. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I I think the band was happy, but let's keep in mind they're new, mm-hmm. right? Their popular vote just got them onto the show. That's exciting. This is maybe maybe this is the first time that they've been on something this big. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of exciting. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I want. I wish I. I really want to make Canadian jokes, but I'm not going to do it. But oh. there's like there's. I feel like there's also another element of them being from Canada. <laughs> you know, they're they're in the U.S. They're they're um doing something on this show that I don't even know if Project Runway aired in in Canada. <laughs> oh. I think it did because there's also Project Runway Canada. I know this. Like, yeah. like two seasons of Project Runway Canada. But in terms of the phenomena that. Project Runway is. I'm wondering if they knew what they were getting themselves into. I'm not sure. I don't know. So I, there's a lot of this, like, you know, this um, this close international element that I think is really, really interesting as well. And and it's the first time this has happened, right? To have a rock live music situation. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think they could know what they were getting into. Oh my gosh. So good for them. Good yeah. for them for showing up for an opportunity, open minded. Yeah. You know. Um, that. yeah exactly all right so so now we get to the judging and they split of course split up who they talk to because the um the band members have to change um so they're so they first talk to team harmony and heidi starts off going like did you all collaborate on the looks and anya's like oh you know what we're we decide on doing is a modernized Jimi Hendrix and I was like really mm. modern Jimi Hendrix so um all the judges agree with I guess us they agree with you uh Patricia where like they use a lot of words like literal expected um they didn't say costume and I I was like oh that's interesting I thought they would use the word costume but I don't think anyone said that and uh wait ever 
or on, or, or this, on this one i don't think they called anything one. that they wore a costume but okay yeah you know, anyway but um so nina is unhappy she is she's like i expected you know i wish you you're working as a group that you would have been able to come up with an image something new more creative something not so literal and um what i love that they all do they use adam lambert as a foil so they're like i wish you could have done something more like look at adam over here look at you adam like you reference he's like yeah you know i'm like i'm riffing but i'm not recreating or you know so it's so they're kind of like they have like the ideal version of what they wanted next to them as um in the form of adam lambert and so mm. um so they kind of like talk about what they're making and you know they kind of start with laura and um i'll just say that um nina is just brutal with on this one um so heidi klum main mostly liked it uh they make the model and they make Liat turn around and they see like oh there's fringe in the mm -hmm. back adam really liked it but nina garcia is like it looks like a lady's jacket with a silk scarf from the mall and then you hear a cymbal smash because the editors are like nina just dropped the mic by calling it something you would wear from the mall anyway so mm -hmm. then we have bert um who was talking about trying to do a more sophisticated thing uh with tie-dye not to give a tie-dye look but rather to offer like a different shading throughout the garment and i feel like you can really see that um in what bert made so um uh, we we also have like Adam and like oh I like the tunic it's really chic and retro and Michael Kors is like Bert has a rocker vibe like it gave him something that isn't a costume yeah. and I'm like Ewan what do you think of this and Ewan basically is like mm, I don't like it and Michael Kors is like oh my god but it's great and he's like yeah and I hate these pigtails and Nina Garcia is like oh my god I love these pigtails and he was like okay all right he says yes you look like a viking he's like you know i'm i think i'm I'm like more irish though it's like oh viking viking yes nordic viking. <laughs> <laughs> and we have you and there's like okay all right no one's listening to me but yeah so that's that's basically what we have there but what but did, but did you agree with michael kors you know something i um i was very frustrated with the judges at this point mm. Um, let's see. Should I should I get into it now, or should I wait? I mean, if you want to. I mean, because cause I like I've I've written so many like mini um, dialogues uh, between dialogues. the judges and the bandmates who are trying to voice their concerns about what they're wearing. Um, and and so, well, well I mean, we can talk about Anya Maybe real I'll quick. I'll talk about it all at once after yeah, they yeah. do the other team. Talk about it all at once, yeah. Because yeah. with Anya, um, this was like, I, I feel like this was kind of unfair. So Anya really messed up. She didn't do, she so she made these pants and, she, you know, she's been like working on these pants. But they look really bad. And Heidi makes um, Sam pull up um, uh, his shirt and turn around. And there's like, look at those pants, come on. And Michael Kors goes, 
this proves to us that you have only Mm. been sewing for four months. Last week doesn't matter. The week before doesn't matter. The Mm -hmm. other eight episodes don't matter. This is where we get to see what your skills really look like. I'm like, really? She's made a pair of pants perfectly. And this is the first time. And we're going to dunk on her four months worth of sewing because you've just been waiting for a moment like this. And it's denim. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's not forgiving. Um, It's a totally different skill set. Not a different skill set, but making jeans is hard. Like, I've tried. And I'm like, oh, I can't Mm. do that. Um, Yeah. Uh, we can go into Anthony who did a lot of fringe detail in the back. So f- according to Anthony, so it doesn't get in the way of the guitar. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> so then, uh, but, but Michael Kors calls it so polished that it looks like the golden girls goes rock and roll. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Michael Kors isn't saying things to give any constructive feedback for the designers. He's trying to crack Adam Lambert up. Yes. Adam is in the yes. background just hollering, cracking up, having the best time laughing at all the nonsense that's coming out of Michael Kors's mouth. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I, by the way, I should know who Adam Lambert is. I'm sure I've heard a song or two, but I really don't follow this person. I don't hate them. I don't dislike mm-hmm. them. It's just like one of those things I have to catch up on. And I know they come from the same show. Yeah. From a singer, another singer that I like, which is Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. But I really enjoyed this person on the show. I was like, same. Adam Lambert, you are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm now a fan. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't see his season on American Idol, but like, I mean, like, I don't have to go into that show and how, like, you know, you know, I've never how, seen how many stars I've they produce, but yeah, yeah, no, but, but, but so fun. Anyway, yeah, I'll stop there. So much fun. Um, all right. But I agree with you. I think Michael Kors is just trying to make Adam Lambert laugh. Totally. <laughs> and I'm, I'm here for it just as long as like, cause, but the designers are like devastated listening to listening to this feedback and I'm just like it's not for you it's for Adam (laughs) you guys don't matter right now anyway so so they that's all that they have to say with team harmony so they need to talk to team untitled so they let the band they let the sheepdogs change clothes and they bring them on out they talk about their theme which is Western, but a, a, a you know a modernized idea of Western, and we start with Oliver, and um and Ewan is like you know I appreciate that Oliver went for the simple shirt and pants approach, it's it's kind of my style, but the pants I don't I don't like them. I said I like blue, you know I said mm. I like darker colors, and Honey Klum goes then why did you make something light for him? And Oliver's like, well, if I made them blue, then it would be flat. And which I'm just like, um, but also an interesting question to ask, like, why didn't you give your client exactly what they wanted? They never do this in other challenges, but it's like, he wanted blue. Why didn't you give him blue? It's like, well, I'm a designer and I made it a a choice. So I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, but also Heidi with like her laser vision called out um, like a, like a, a time management issue with Oliver. Um, be- Oliver didn't finish his sleeves. And I didn't think of, I didn't think of this because 
I do this to my clothes all the time where if the sleeves are too long, I just cut that shit off. Like I just cut Ooh. it off and I roll it. And so, but, but, um, it's, it's true. Um, Oliver is like, oh, well, so I wanted to put a cuff here. I want to put this there and I want you to put like this other, I'm just like, shut up, Oliver, just say it was on purpose. And he's like, no, you know, um, I mean, you know, well, uh, anyway, so. That was very frustrating. It's just own up to it. Yes. Just, just, you know, yeah. um, then we have Kimberly and I just wrote in my notes, she's explaining this awful thing. <laughs> Sam, they asked Sam, like, so what do you think, Sam? He's like, I like the pants, uh, but the shirt, you know, you know, you know, kind of got like lost in, in trans translation. But Michael Kors goes off and says he looks like Peter Brady at an autumn harvest. Rust Brown. Um, and then who else said something? Nina Garcia says he looks like an old man's pajamas has been lying around the house dirty and he decided to grab some old fatigues and chewed on the fabric and looked at the bite marks and went, oh, this is fabulous. Let me make this into a collar on my old dirty pajama shirt. That's just my joke of saying that. If you look at Sam's collar, it's made out of fatigue fabric mm. and it does look like someone tried to eat it. Mm. They just chewed around it and that's I mean... just what she used. <laughs> It's sort of like I'm going to do this like tie dye thing with a very like Morticia Adams collar. Yes. In brown. Not in even in black, brown. but in brown. It's like, yeah. In brown. I mean, yeah. So, um, oh my gosh. So, Lambert, <laughs> Adam Lambert calls it Scooby Doo, where are you? <laughs> And Good they call out the buttons. They just go to town. <laughs> and it was those buttons. What did you, why, why, those big, huge buttons? Nina, all in all seriously, asks uh, um, Kimberly, who is probably her favorite designer out of everyone. Mm -hmm. Kimberly, why did you, why did you choose those buttons? And Kim just looks at Nina like, Nina, I don't fucking know. I don't, <laughs> stop asking these questions guys stop dunking on me this is bad just like you know i'm not going to own up to any of it it's all bad it's bad yeah. so yeah um anyway so they move on to victor uh who's got really great explanations use a flowery print but piped around it in yellow to make it more masculine um made a jacket with an armored structure um and made some pants and <laughs> someone asked Liat. Liat, how do you think of it? He goes, I actually don't like it. And Michael Kors is like, I love it. I love it. And Liat's like, well, it's just not my style. And Michael's like, I think you look hot. And then Liat's <laughs> like, well, you know, what about, like, no, no, the jacket's insane. And Liat's like, I don't really like the jacket. It's like, oh, it's the best thing you've ever made, Victor. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's great. Um, and so then, uh, then we can go on to Josh and feel free to chime in whenever you want, Patricia, because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like going off on these judges. So anyway, so the, I, the, yeah, yeah. What what you have to say? Or like, you know, talk too much. I'm what? No, you don't talk too much at all. I, I, I'm so I'm following along with you like, um, live. Uh -huh. I think it's interesting 
that this person, um, I'm sorry, what's their name? I have to go back to get their name. Uh, Liot? Yeah. Said, this shirt is too tough for a guy like me. <laughs> oh, he did say, okay, great. <laughs> so this to me is like the rubric for how so much of my frustration of with the judges lies. Mm -hmm. It's the entire time the judges have critiqued, like up to this point, the judges have have critiqued the critiqued the contestants uh, for being oh you've put them in costumes mm -hmm. you haven't with the exception of Bert Bert is the only person who's transformed somebody mm -hmm. with the braids right um, but the judges are actually their expect their gender expectations of a rock star mm -hmm. is just as traditional yes. as the, the the designers yeah so in a way it's like. Everyone is looking, including Michael Kors and Nina. Oh, they, uh, um, not Sam, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Ewan, Ewan is the lead singer. Mm -hmm. He has to be more masculine. He mm -hmm. has to be this or that. Yes, like sexy so, and like the lead singer and right. lead. So oh, yeah. meanwhile, why can't they just be who and how they are? Right. Right. And for this, for, for, for Lee, I have to say, you know what? This jacket is actually too much for a guy like me. It's too tough for a guy like me, right? Mm -hmm. This is fantastic to hear on the show. Yeah. And it's the only thing that really is subversive of like gender norms on yes. this entire episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everyone else just goes along with how macho uh, rock stars are supposed to be, right? It's very confusing to the heterosexual community to hear these things, I have to say. Right. I, or I imagine it's very confusing because at the same time you have these references like, oh, we wanted to do uh, what was it? A Jim Morrison or um, a new Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. Those two names came up. And let me just point out here something I've been I wanted to say earlier, but I didn't want to be distracting, which is Jimi Hendrix was photographed wearing a lot of blouses. Yes. Yes. OK. There's a lot of like gender disruption that I think. Rock musicians, especially like male presenting rock musicians, mm -hmm. have uh, deliberately chosen mm -hmm. to go against at least some of the gender norms that they were forced into. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Not, and, and this is entirely based on presentation. So I find this episode really frustrating on so many levels, yeah. in addition to, and up to this point. It's sort of like everyone is just in on it, but nobody's talking the same language. No. With the exception of this uh, guitarist, Layot, who says, this is too much, this jacket is too much for a guy like me, even though I do think that jacket was the best garment on that runway. I mean, the jacket <laughs> was amazing. It Victor, was well made. Victor is like, oh my God. Oh. But yeah, and, and that's, that's why like I had such a fun time writing these notes because the bandmates were all saying one thing and it was, it's sort of like a different version of what we heard last week where yeah. we would hear the clients who um, were all like cis women who were just like, well, I like it this way. And mm -hmm. honey, would go, no, you don't really, you don't mm -hmm. like it that way. Would you really want to walk around looking the way you look right now? I'm Heidi Klum. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what, mm -hmm. and so it was like that kind of like, you know, like not not that we know better, but we're not interested in listening to you. And right. here it's just blatant where Leah, it's like, uh, not for me. Oh my God, it's totally for you. You know, just yeah. 
this crosstalk that's happening. Right. Um, yeah, no, great. Yeah. Uh, and I just, and, and again, with the, um, the person that we go to next with Josh. Yes. Right. This person presents, does not present as this like aggro, uh, they have like long hair that's very soft and natural. Mm-hmm. They have a very easy, easy look in their eyes. Like mm-hmm. they don't look like they're going to pick fights somewhere. I mean, look at, their, look at their picture on the on the cheat sheet. This is like yeah, like the the cheeriest, like jolliest. Person. Yeah, yeah. These are not people who are going to just. They're not dressing to trash a hotel room. Yes, you know. Yep. Yep. So. It was just, it was all so convoluted on both sides yeah. of the, whatever is between like the runway and the seating of the judges, you know? Yeah, it, it really, you know, in, in, in going back to sort of the, the original idea behind this challenge, it makes me think about in terms of this crosstalk and, and them just like, you know, not talking to each other, but how, you know, in terms of crafting an image that this, <laughs> this is sort of you know, a, a very, probably a benign version of, of what actual, you know, curated bands go through mm. prob- most likely oh, yeah. where they're made into these archetypes that Heidi, Michael and Nina are trying to enforce on to them. Cause I'm, cause while you're talking, I'm just thinking like, what, what are the pictures in their heads that they're thinking of? They're thinking about very specific things and, you know, just like, again, like completely ignoring, just like the designers did, like completely ignoring like an array of how bands dress, but yeah. um, all right. And and about what that like well, the areas that the, I mean I'm not a '60s expert, but like even that 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 era, which was an offshoot of the '50s and gender mm-hmm. rebellion in the '50s, yeah, that culminated in the '60s. That was its own form of rebellion against normality. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So why not just acknowledge that as opposed to talking about it like like it's this fixed thing yeah i totally agree and i really did not like hearing nina say about i mean i did not like oliver's look but hearing nina say oh it's too feminine for uh it's too feminine for him yes well well, why yeah right yeah if rock if if rock and roll is supposed to subvert gender norms as well even for the heterosexual community Mm -hmm. right so what is too feminine for whom yes yeah just saying just saying yeah just you know and there's a lot of assumptions made about the orientations of, of, of the, the band. Oh, totally. Right? And, um, I mean, because, you know, we can talk about Joshua's uh, outfit on Ryan and mm-hmm. how Joshua's kind of brings up the conversation that he had with Tim mm-hmm. that perhaps the exposed zipper was veering into too much sex and that they are you know rock stars and um and joshua says like i would i personally love that it would that that you know how he looks is something that i would be attracted to as a viewer Mm -hmm. and um and at but at the same time looking at this really like super jolly person um i you know it it, it, i don't know there are just some elements here that I didn't really, because I did I write down what they said about his outfit. I don't think I. Oh yeah, I think I did, but I mostly um, 
paid attention to how this was definitely like a moment between Joshua and Adam. Like I, mm-hmm. I kind of like their back and forth yes. about this outfit more than anything else from the other judges um, mm-hmm. because it, it almost, it's kind of like, I would love to see Joshua try to dress Adam Lambert um, mm-hmm. or maybe like, you know, like go out for drinks and like hang out and like be friends or do other things anyway. But, um, but it, but I thought also that Adam gave probably like the most, um, like the most specific critique where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, you didn't need this thing on the side because there's some stuff that's happening at the bottom of the cuff of the jean. It's like, oh, you know, it kind of cuts him off at this certain area. Um, it was, it was just, you know, sort of like, I like the, the, the zipper, but he mm-hmm. kind of also, and, and, he, and he talked about the, the pocket. So going back to the cheat sheet and seeing the behind the shot, there are these brown pockets. And Adam says like, I didn't mind the size of the pockets, but it's just the color is so distracting. And again, I don't think there, there are, are any like, um, like gendered or like, um, like femme or masculine or mm. any type of those descriptors that are going on. But there was this like design process conversation happening with Joshua where essentially like, I feel like a lot of the feedback is you do too much. And right, right. Adam too instead co- was like, too costumey. yeah, this is too much, but here's why. But I'm not saying it's too much. Like I like this, but maybe you went a little too far with the brown, huge brown pockets on, on the back. And like he did say it's like, it just messes up the booty. Yeah, I, and it was very useful. I mean, it was very useful. It was far more useful than what someone else said, which was, what was it? The uh, reggae Jesus with a lobster, with a suede lobster bib? <laughs> Thank you, Michael Kors. <laughs> but one another frustrating component of all of this is that, and I, I, I hope I'm not talking too much about this, but um, since the beginning of cinema, performers mm-hmm. who deal with mass audiences i've always had to cultivate mm-hmm. what non-dominant scholars have termed a bisexual appeal mm-hmm. meaning you have to appeal to both audiences in terms of desire regardless mm-hmm. of your orientation i say have to you don't have to it just sort of happens yeah uh regardless of uh like a performer's individual orientation mm-hmm. you have to be appealing to everybody who's in your audience yeah so in a way, I think the Josh Lambert conversation, I do think is the only part in this episode that actually addressed uh, the gaze of the audience mm-hmm. in a way that actually came from authenticity as opposed to imaginary. Yes. Yeah. But imaginary, when I mean, when I say imaginary, I mean, not the imaginary required for the performers to produce in order to generate appeal, but mm-hmm. the imaginary that the that everybody's projecting onto the rock stars yeah, and how they should be the imaginary of, of should. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, yeah, I totally Um, agree. Yeah. I'll put. And I agree with you. I I, I thought you picked up on that between Josh and Adam Lambert. Yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Um, So next we, um, we dismiss, everyone because that's it like they've already spoken to everyone and they dish i i talked about the judges kind of dishing because again it's like it's back to adam cracking up um but i wrote down who they do like and so and who they don't like because that also wasn't quite clear so if you have any thoughts on the judging specifically um then you know like if anything stood out 
But the people that they do like are Joshua, uh, Victor, and Bert. And then the people that they don't like um, are Oliver, Kimberly, and Anya. So, um, so those, are, so Anya, Kimberly, and Oliver are in trouble. So, is there anything that? No, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we go back to the the, the judges have decided. So we're going to bring out all of the designers, and Bert did really well, and so Bert gets like a compliment and gets to, you know, gets to, it's safe. Um, and, but so now we're back, now we're down to the winner. So Patricia, do you remember who the winner is? This is always the best question to ask. Patricia, do you actually remember from like four days ago when you watched this? Okay. So if I remember correctly, the winner is, um, Victor. Yes. Yay. The winner is Victor. <laughs> I mean, how could Victor not win with all the clothes that he made? <laughs> I mean, again, Victor with the good jacket, right? Yes. Again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so then um, uh, we have uh, everyone else. Like We have like our other safe people. Um, Anya is safe. So that means it's between Kimberly and Oliver. Yeah. And do you want to ask me who goes home? I do. I do. Dear Ernest, who do we say goodbye to on this week's episode of Project Runway? We say goodbye to Oliver. <laughs> My what, goodness. What did you think about this? I have to say I was surprised. Um, I do think it was the best choice. Yeah. I perhaps jadedly thought they were going to keep... Uh, Oliver around just because Oliver struggles with time would make good TV. Right. So I'm glad that didn't happen um, for the sanity of Oliver mm -hmm. and for us as watchers. Right. But I do think that was the good choice. Did you agree with the choice? I, I, you know, I, I didn't think Oliver's was the worst, but I kind of thought maybe their expect expectations were higher because Oliver is a self-proclaimed or has been deemed the, the menswear designer or something mm -hmm. um but i also i don't know like i it, i don't i i think kimberly easily could have gone home on this one or anya like yeah what do you think yeah but i think both kimberly first of all kimberly can sew yeah i mean i don't think we've seen oliver yes there, again remember i think two weeks ago we talked about this jacket that I didn't think was really a good fit, even mm -hmm. though everybody else was in love. I'm sorry, not a jacket, a top. Excuse me. You corrected me then. Um, it was a top, not a jacket. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone was like, oh, ooh, the, uh, everybody was drooling over this jacket. And I thought, but it's bumpy here. It's bumpy there. I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. So I don't think that this uh, show really brought out the timing constrict construct, uh, constrictions of the show did not bring out what um oliver could do mm -hmm. i don't think oliver works well under pressure yet yeah. at this point and that's fine and fair whereas i think someone like kimberly who's made a gazillion garments that show kimberly can sew mm -hmm. uh, anya is new at sewing 
but also didn't pretend, didn't make excuses for themselves. Right. You know, Anya wasn't like, oh, yes, I agree. These pants that are cracked in the in the back, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's okay. Anya just said, no, I know. I didn't have time. I'm new at this. Yeah. This is where my, my skill set limits are showing. Yeah. Whereas I think Oliver is just like, oh, no, this is perfect. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and that is not a good, ex- like, that's not a good place to be at this. So I think it was a good time for Oliver to go for many reasons. Yeah. Um, and just when I look at what they've produced, I, I, I also think it was a good time for yeah. Oliver. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> glad he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, so that's, that's that. Uh, we're on to like just seven designers left. And so it's going to get even more stressful. Mm. So, all right. Well, Patricia, <laughs> is there anything you'd like to share with our dear listeners? And can you also remind them how to find you? Yeah, nothing to share at this point other than keep taking care of yourselves. Um, and I can, I am still kind of, a, kind of, kind of sort of avoiding social media. Um, but I can be found uh, on Twitter and on Instagram with the same username, which is Sense and Sight, S-E-N-S-E-A-N-D-S-I-G-H-T. I also want to share that if you listen to this podcast and you followed me and I didn't accept your request, send me a message because I <laughs> get a lot of like, my account is private for a reason from something that happened very publicly uh, a year and a half ago that has actually resulted in my I'm not sure if I told you this, but my email accounts have been, my personal, aka professional email accounts have been hacked for two years in a row during Pride. Mm. And that's why my accounts are private. So because of that, I'm not just accepting anybody anymore. But if you are a listener and I didn't accept you, then send me a message saying you're a listener and then I'll I'll take a chance on you. Yay! (laughs) What about you, Ernest? How can we keep up with all the things, all the good things that you're always doing? Yeah. I mean, um, I, you know, I do have an update, you know, so Serena is up four, two and a third, um, to, you know, on her way to, oh my God, I'm not going to say anything, but they split the first and second set. So it's, it's one set all, um, it's in a four, two in in a third set. You're saying a lot of impressive terms and numbers. What does this all mean? (laughs) Like what's happening? Yes. So Serena, so it's, they're, they're almost, they're kind of tied. Okay. So there's, you know, it's for, for, for women, it's two out of three sets. And okay. so Serena took the first set. Um, uh, uh, Contevate took the second set. And in the third set, Serena is up a break, meaning okay. she, uh, on one of Contevate's serves, she won that game. So the score is four games to two. Great. And Serena is serving to go up five games to two. Anyway, so that, that. Okay. This is great. Like, you know, just. I love, love it. So that's and my update. Is, okay. And that's <laughs> happening now in the Corona Park. The, yes. The, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. It's happening right nearby you in Queens. Wow. Um, I'm far I away mean, in Rochester. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh. So exciting. And that, yeah, where you can find me um, next week is at the U.S. Open. <laughs> I can't oh wait to God. get back down to Brooklyn so I can go. I've been missing going so much. So I'm you know, Ollie out there, if you care at all, like please send good vibes to Serena so that she makes it all the way to the finals and 
Um, she ends her career slam run with a win at the U.S. Yeah. Open. Um, she's looking incredible. So um, oh. I, I, I absolutely am like, love it. Anyway. Yeah. So you can find me there next week um, and on social media um, posting from the U S open at Ernez H E R N E A S E and on my website, Ernez Davis.com. Um, yay. Uh, <laughs> oh, lovely listeners. Um, you know, just, just, yeah, this has been great. So fun. And uh, I also will say, please take care of yourselves, you know, um, as, as best as you can. And again, keep in touch with us, please send your thoughts and um, in your comments and, uh, you know, visit us on Patreon um, where, you know, Naylan and I have talked about the movie Nope. And also um, Patricia Naylan and I are sharing our Warren stories over there. So and we had quite an invitation at the end of that episode. So don't just skip to the nope. end. Listen, do you have instructions? It's an, a, an invitation and we're very excited to hear from you. Exactly. We really are. All right. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I guess we'll, we'll end here. Um, it's always hard to say goodbye on these. Um, but, well, you know, I'll well, say until, until next time, uh, we'll actually say goodbye. Bye. Bye.